0: Today, we're going to talk about seeing things as they are and how that comes as a gift from God. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I've worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands, and was a competitive master swimmer. After college in Minnesota and seminary in Berkeley, I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Every week, we seem to be at an odd point in the coronavirus pandemic. We now seem to be setting records everywhere. 12 million cases in the world, 3.3 million in the United States, cases in Arizona up 165%, testing up only 75%. 135,000 Americans have died in the coronavirus so far. We average 38,000 deaths from automobile accidents in the U.S. in a year. Yet some people will wear their seatbelts but refuse to wear masks, Practice social distancing or wash their hands frequently to flatten the curve, maintain effective levels of medical services, and buy time to study the virus and develop effective treatments and vaccines. Last week, a member of Congress said that we shouldn't listen to the experts, that experts don't know everything. I guess he was thinking of the folk wisdom that says an expert can be anyone living more than 50 miles from home. Most people, though, recognize that experts must have credentials in this case, education and experience in a particular field well beyond that of most other people. Their expertness has been evaluated and tested, and they are now recognized as someone whose statements have authority. Suppose credentials didn't matter, however. I read an article satirizing this idea online the other day. It was called, We Shouldn't Presume That the Velociraptor Experts Know the Best Way to Deal with Velociraptor Attacks written as if Jurassic Park was reopening. It included the observation, However, I can assure you that the increase in attacks is simply due to our vigilant park rangers who patrol the hiking trails each morning and count the number of human bones they find on each sides of each trail. With more rangers patrolling the grounds these days, of course we're going to find more human remains, which is why I've repeatedly said that the morning patrols are a double-edged sword. You can Google the title and find it at net. Whatever the reason or reasons that dinosaurs went extinct, their inability to see what was happening around them and to compensate seems to be high on the list of possibilities. Many of us, in refusing right now to see what is happening around us in this pandemic, risk going the way of the dinosaurs. I saw a satirical purported letter to the editor of a small-town newspaper online the other day headlined, Welcome to the Freedom Cafe, announcing a restaurant for those who don't want to wear masks or to be forced to observe requirements like the temperature to which chicken is cooked or not using cooking utensils that already have been used for known allergens or not allowing servers to touch customers' food, adequate dishwashing, water temperature, and so on. It ends... Some of you may get sick, but almost everyone survives food poisoning. We think you'll agree that it's a small price to pay for the sweet freedom of no one ever being told what to do, and especially not for the silly reason of keeping strangers healthy. Some say, let them die. Let them win the Darwin Award. They are dinosaurs. There will be more room in the gene pool. But that's no more an option for us than to say, let them go to hell. We are called and equipped to bring a word of hope and redemption to the world, even and perhaps especially to those who resist that which is in their best interest. We find this exchange between Jesus and his disciples in Matthew 13, beginning at the 10th verse. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. If most people know one verse from the New Testament, I think it's most likely to be John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Here are the verses that follow. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Neither do we bring condemnation upon those with whom we disagree. But love, unconditional love. That is, you don't have to meet God's standards before God loves you. God loves you as you are, but we find God doesn't leave us as we are. God makes of us a new creation. We are the same at the very same time, sinners and saints. For this reason, we do not condemn anyone, but point to our common need of a savior the one who lived among us and died to redeem the world from the consequences of our sin. The dinosaurs went extinct. There are a lot of theories why, but for whatever reason, they were part of God's creation too. If we find usable DNA in the melting permafrost and we find dinosaur DNA there, would we bring them back? Given their size and possibly their disposition, would we confine them to an island and make it an open-air zoo for tourists, as in the movie Jurassic Park? The thing is that we all will die, and we all are separated from God by our sin. But the good news is that God has entered human history, fully God and fully human being, to suffer and die for us at the cross, to take our punishment so that no one would be condemned, but that the world might be saved through him. Why doesn't everyone see that? Why won't people do the simple things that will save others from death? The world doesn't want to hear it. Christians have experienced that for a long time. The world refuses to act in its best interest. What else is new? The world doesn't care about us or them. It just cares about me. That's the world. I've had to wear glasses to see since I was in fourth grade. My vision was 2400 for most of my life. Then I scheduled required cataract surgery right after my retirement, which I knew would give me my distance vision, but would also require that I wear reading glasses. No big deal. However, I found out after the surgery that my horrendous nearsightedness masked a minor misalignment between my two eyes. I noticed that I was seeing double at a distance and at close range. Middle distance was fine. My eyes gradually have mostly corrected or they've adjusted. And where they haven't, I've gotten used to it. No big deal. There is a difference, however, between sight and insight, between seeing what is in front of you and having a vision for what is possible. Jesus healed some people who were physically blind, but the healing of inadequate insight or of a broken vision, is something we all struggle with. It took the cross to fix that, and still some of us see neither our problem nor the presence of God at work in the world for us. That takes streams of living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us that shapes and hydrates us with a living relationship with the living God, a relationship that defines us. We live from the inside out, not defined by our outer lives— But by the power of God at work within us, the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to change a person's mind? It's hard, isn't it? It seems only to happen when that person has a high level of trust for you as a credible witness to what is truth. I don't even know if talking a person into something is always helpful. If a person changes their mind because someone talked them into it, someone else can come along and talk them out of it. I don't think that that's the reason many of us have come to faith a living relationship with the living God, at least not for long. It's been said that beyond a certain point, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are from within. God doesn't come to change our mind, but to change our heart, to dwell within us in a living relationship with the living God. And by the Holy Spirit, God gives us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, to call us to repentance, to set us free from sin, death, and the power of all that defies God. That's the message of salvation. Dinosaurs, like humanity apart from God, need a savior. And he has come for us in Jesus Christ. Let the psalm be our prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Psalm 51, 10-12 Let God save you or deepen your faith today. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit, to streams of living water. Today, let's remember to pray for those struggling with all forms of violence, with mental health issues, and with substance abuse. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet at 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 davidberkadall, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses, and we'll include them next time. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders, pray for them, and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline, reach out, you are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio.